and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, also known as NARC Troopers. You can visit me at my NARC Troopers website and find tons of other podcasts, articles that have been um, put on medium.com. There's about 125 of those at this point, and there's even a video blog. So visit NARC Troopers and check it out. Today, we're going to talk about splitting snapshots and these slippery shifts that narcissists do. Um, There are three characteristic things that are part of this whole um, extravaganza of disorderedness and dysregulation. So we're going to talk about those today. So here we go. Um, so let's start off by talking about, um, the splitting and the snapshots. Neurotypical people, regular average people that do not have a personality disorder, they understand that when something bad happens, it doesn't erase all of the good, right? You can love someone and be angry with them. You can love someone and at the same time be disappointed or whatever, you know, you can have good and bad that coexist at the same time in the same person, right? But uh, not if you're a narcissist. Mm -mm. Splitting. Splitting is something that they do. It is a phenomenon that they, where the narcissist exhibits um, the inability to hold these opposing thoughts, feelings, or beliefs. So they paint everything black or white, good or bad. Um, and there's no gray space in between. Um, they're either infatuated with you and idealizing you, or they are devaluing you and vilifying and demonizing you. One of the two. Um, of course, there's degrees of that, but they really can't uh, understand how you could be feeling two different things at the same time. So there's this is splitting. And there's a lot more to it than that, but this is just how we're going to get started talking about this whole concept of splitting. It happens when someone's thinking doesn't allow them to integrate good and bad, and these two things are kept separate. Okay, they're they're kept separate. Some might say that a person who splits sees the world in terms of all or nothing, all or nothing. Most people, most people can love um, someone, but just, you know, have be disappointed or have some other negative feeling. But at that time that they're having the negative feeling, they're not forgetting that they love that person in spite of all that. And the narcissist cannot do that. The, the narcissistic cycles of idealization and devaluation play into this idea. The good side is the idealization part and the bad side is the devaluation. Um, Idealization is when overly positive and unrealistic qualities are given to a person. They are ascribed to that person, assigned to them. And the narcissist does this at the very beginning of the relationship. They actually believe that this new fresh source of fuel and supply is flawless 
and can give them everything they ever dreamed of. So sometimes this could last for months, sometimes even for years. The idealization always ends, though, at some point, and the next phase begins. Devaluation is that second stage where the significant other is viewed as completely flawed, possessing negative qualities that are most likely just completely fabricated or imagined. They're not even real um, because, let's remember, Narcissistic personality disorder is a delusional disorder, kind of in the same category as schizophrenia. And so I, I, I listen to people talk about their narcissist partners all the time. I read about it. I hear about it. I have people come to me that work with me in group work and stuff like that. And, and, and they have such personal feelings about it as if, as if it was personally about them when in fact it's not about them it's about the fact that this partner of theirs who has this disorder is mentally ill right there are so many things that indicate that nothing about them is okay they are not capable of being the way you would like you know have the qualities of a normal person or to be able to have normal people feelings or any of that. They can't do it. And so who, who's being, who is being irrational in the situation when you're trying to get a person who's mentally ill to just snap out of it and, and play by the rules? Well, they can't, they won't, they, it's not going to happen. And so um, you contribute to that whole false idea that, well, you know, they need to be held accountable and we need to like hate them and demonize them because they did this to us and they did that to us. They're sick. Okay. They're, they're not okay. People they're broken, damaged, brain damaged, mentally sick people who cannot do what you think that they need to do. They can't, they can't do it and they can act normal and fake it really, really well, which is the part that, I mean, these are not the people walking around at, on the street corners at the traffic lights, talking to themselves and raging to, you know, to somebody who's not even there having those kinds of visual and auditory hallucinations, just because they're not doing that, just because they're functioning and they're having jobs and they're appearing to be a dream come true, so normal and so healthy and so wonderful and loving and blah, blah, blah. It's an act. It's an act. It's not real. And so, um, so anyway, they, at this point in the relationship, when they start to devalue you, the narcissist splits and flips the script to vilify their mate who invariably fails them of course you're going to fail. They're irrational. They're illogical. They're delusional. Again, I'm going to repeat this again in case it didn't sink in the first time because this is so super important, guys, and I know you don't want to hear it. Narcissistic personality disorder, the kind that is malignant, the kind that is marked by a complete lack of empathy, remorse, and all of that, those people not, and we're not talking about just regular narcissistic traits that everybody has. 
We're talking about the people who have a personality disorder. They're on the deep end of that spectrum. So it stops being just a trait or a characteristic that we all have. And it becomes an incapacitating illness that prevents them from functioning or feeling or leading a normal life. They can't do it. That's what we're talking about. Those people, they are delusional just in the same category as like a paranoid schizophrenic would be having hallucinations and stuff. The only difference is that schizophrenic can be treated. They can be medicated and, and it can take care of a lot of their symptoms. Whereas the narcissist, the sociopath and the psychopath, their delusions cannot be treated because it's a completely different type of mental illness. It affects a completely different part of the brain. It's just, you know, it's not, uh, it's similar, but it's not the same. So they flip the script and blame you for everything. And they split and make you the bad guy where you used to be the good guy yesterday. Today, you're the bad guy. And once you become that object of their contempt, they're not going back. They're never going to idealize you again, ever, never, ever. That's done. Their brain has shifted. It's, it's, they have split. And now you are perceived as in a different way. And no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you're never going to get back to that place where you were in the beginning, where they treated you like that and looked up to you and acted like they just cherished you and adored you and respected you. You're never going to go back there. It's like that version of you is dead to them. They don't see you that way anymore. And so they are delusional. Totally. Um, totally delusional. And they believe you have let them down. You have failed them. And you are to blame for any mean way they treat you. You deserve it. You deserve to be punished. Um, so you can either be good or bad. Um, you know, we can't really digest the idea of splitting without looking at dissociation. Dissociation is like a disconnect. Narcissists and psychopaths both dissociate, which essentially means they erase memories to serve whatever their needs may be. It is self-inflicted and subconscious amnesia that allows them to delete a person who no longer serves them or who has wounded them in some way. In reference to splitting, dissociation is a useful tool that allows the narcopath to paint broad brushstrokes to make a person either good or bad with no anything in between. They forget all memory that that person was ever good. And by the time they finish demonizing you with all of this extreme contempt and cruelty and horribleness, they do this because their contact with the world and with others is through this fictitious construct known as the false self or the false persona. It's easy to devalue and discard if you'd have no empathy or remorse when you don't even remember anything. You don't remember 
that version of the person who used to be good. There are no like nostalgic, oh, I, this was so tender and this was so such a loving moment and this was kind or generous or sweet. They replace all of that. They just replace it with a new perspective that completely removes any traces of reality. That Guys, this is so important. And I want to tell you something here. When my narcopath husband of 15 years abandoned me two years ago and pretty much just, you know, it destroyed me for a long time. And I may be on my feet, sort of, again, now, two years later, but I'm certainly not totally recovered by any means. And I think I got a ways to go. It is just, just, there's no words to describe it. And, and the worst part, I want to tell you the worst part of this whole thing after he left was watching how he erased everything and had this amnesia and how he did not hold anywhere in his heart or mind or soul any memory of 15 years of marriage that although it was there was little sprinkling red flag crazy things that he did the whole time that was maybe five percent six percent the other 95 percent of the time he was perfect he doesn't remember that how we were perfect together how we shared tiramisu and gave it score numbers all over town and on vacation and wherever we went we would split one and then rate it he doesn't remember the the all the things you know our netflix binging pizza nights where we rubbed each other's feet you know he doesn't remember the cuddling and the spooning at night and talking about our future he doesn't remember um the laughter and the and the jokes and the giggling and the playfulness and the good times None of it. It's all gone. It's like it never happened. And that has been the single most heartbreaking um, lack of closure. And, and, and just to be completely, it's, it's beyond invalidation. It's beyond that. It, it's, it is annihilation. It's an ex- existential... Um, it's an existential annihilation. They completely delete you, torpedo, torpedo you, just blow you up with an atomic bomb, burn everything to the ground, scorched earth policy, and then it's like gone from their minds. I promise you, this, this dissociation is brutal. It's the worst part because their brain does not allow them to keep those memories or to allow them to keep you in any way that allows you as a couple to honor, honor the relationship. I know people who were married 20 something years to their narcissist. And when the end came, it was the same thing. They were erased. They were deleted. They were completely um, forgotten. 
And for people who didn't see that coming, like me and like some of my friends, it, it's just, it's a soul destroyer to be treated that way. I mean, even the worst relationship, you look at that person and you're like, yeah, we really hate each other. Yeah, you did some really shitty things. Yeah, you betrayed me. You cheated. You whatever. You're a son of a bitch, whatever. You have those conversations and then it's like, yeah, well, you know, we had good times, but you had to ruin it. So kind of hate you now or whatever. I mean, those are like what normal people do. They don't erase, you know, they acknowledge that was the relationship that once upon a time it was pretty good, but it just really went south because of this, that, or the other. There's none of that with a narcissist, none of it. You don't get that because they erase you. They delete you because of that dissociation. So I just wanted to name that because that's just the worst thing ever is you can't even imagine what that feels like. They, it's like they forget all memory of that person and of the relationship and of all of it. Um, okay, so this leads, let's leave that behind and talk about something a little bit less triggery for me. <laughs> that was rough. Um, confabulation. Have y'all heard that word before? Confabulation. So this is a part of understanding this, this splitting and the dissociation. <sighs> Confabulation is an attempt to fill in these huge gaps that are created in the memory, right? When they erase you and they erase all those months, all those years that you spent together as a happy couple, the idealization phase where everything was the golden period is what it's called. Things were just so perfect and awesome. When they erase that, they've got this huge gap in their memory and they have to invent plausible, believable, credible scenarios of how things could have happened. And then they believe their this new twisted reality that they create. They rewrite history to suit their own narrative and they play victim and appear to be the good guy to everybody. Right? That's just insane. They actually believe it because they have their brain disorder, their lack of gray matter, their amygdala, prefrontal cortex, all their limbic system being jacked up, the whole thing makes it to where they just totally have this amnesia that just erases everything and then they create this whole other narrative that never happened. Yeah. And well, that's just wild, isn't it? And they believe it. They believe that that's what really happened. It's, it's like uh, they believe this twisted new history that they create. Um, you know, of all the cluster F-U-C-K of crazy that followed my discard, accepting that has just been impossible. Accepting that he has a new history that he's created that didn't happen, that fills in gaps 
of 16, 17 years that I knew him, 15 years of marriage, what he remembers is not even close to what really happened. How do you deal with that? You know, um, all the memory of the partnership is rewritten with this wild fiction that in no way resembles the truth. And there's still yet one more component to splitting that we need to talk about. And all personality disorders have to do uh, with confusion between internal and external objects, right? Internal objects can be internalized voices and your consciousness or superego or a compilation or amalgamation of all these little voices, you know, a potpourri of all the different internal voices. The problem is that the narcissist considered the, considers these internal voices to be external. Now, this, this one gets a little tricky, so stay with me. For example, a person who is psychotic may hear his internal voices and experience visual hallucinations as well. Narcissism happens when the external becomes internal. They convert um, like a one-dimensional cardboard cutout version of the people in their lives into internal objects that can be manipulated and controlled. See, you're from the external, you are an external object, but they, they convert you, they change you into not something that's external and three-dimensional and real and human with blood and bones and breath, right? You have no blood and bones and breath. You are cardboard cutouts in their mind. That's how they internalize you. That's where you live in their head. And so who you really are is probably pretty far from who they think you are. There's, you know, how do you reconcile that? Um, they do something called snapshotting. So this is the final piece of what we're talking about today. Snapshotting is like take a picture of you, external object, you. They make it a flat one dimensional thing. They, they internalize it and keep it within them. Um, they store them, they compartmentalize them and they don't see you as a real person, but as just an image or a picture. All of us that are dealing with narcissists, we are flat characters, pixelated images, like playthings just to use and dispose of. I often wondered why my narcopath husband would just stare and study me in such an unsettling way. But now I believe he was capturing freeze frames of me to construct some alternative version of me that he could use as he needed. Are you getting that? What's happening there? Let's think about that. He was looking at me to take little snapshots like a robot. And he was going to use all those little pictures of the different of me in different positions and different moods or whatever to construct his own one dimensional version that he can control inside, internalized in his mind. It is objectification in the highest form, isn't it? To turn a real person into an object. The people 
in these narcopaths' lives are all simply objects and nothing more. So we've talked about splitting. We've talked about dissociation, confabulation, and snapshots. The last thing, well, this is my summary of what I want to say. The narcissist is a shapeshifter in every sense of the word. He's constantly morphing from one state of pathological maladapted behavior to the next. Um, so cluster B personality disorders are grouped together with an overlay that is the predominant feature. And the important thing to remember is that the person with these personality disorders may be fluid and transition to some extent between those different things. Um, like most conditions have an overlay that has like, you know, three conditions of existence that overlap, like overt, collapsed, and covert. They transition between these three states of being and even between the different types of disorders, like they can transition between narcissist and bipolar and psychopath and manic depressive and so sociopath, like they're fluid. They move around in this disordered world of delusion. When reality challenges the narrative of this composition that exists in their head, then the person with narcissism, sociopathy, and psychopathy will just shift and segue into another type of personality disorder. You know, it could cause someone to shift between all kinds of things. And they have sometimes comorbidities like addiction and stuff. They're incredibly adaptable and resilient when it comes to adjusting to ever-changing conditions in the world around them. Um, you know, yeah, think of narcissism as a virus that's always mutating and changing. It is insidious and impossible to cure because of its slippery, constantly changing properties. Once it infects the target, it infects all the parts of that person. And the person who is partnered with, with a narcissist or a psychopath, it's the same thing. The sickness attacks them spiritually, biochemically, energetically, physiologically, physically, mentally, emotionally, and even on a cellular level. The narcopath infection is an all-systems assault and it just wrecks the victim in every imaginable way. Um, when they're functioning in the covert or vulnerable shy narcissist state, they, they are in a wishful place where they want to be more powerful and dynamic and overt. And then they go to a different form and then they change out of that and get passive aggressive and all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, they are... Um, you know, what can I say? Um, they have an impaired ability to view significant others as separate from themselves. That's why they take the snapshot and internalize it. They don't want to see you. They can't see you as a separate person. They cannot genuinely love you. Their knowledge is shallow and shotgun style. You know, fragility, sensitivity to criticism, Obsession with success and power, envy, lack of boundaries, pathological lying, passive-aggressive tendencies, entitlement, mercurial values, 
uh, no identity, superficiality, sexual perversion, blurred boundaries, even incest. This is so much. It's a common belief that all the different narcissists are different, but you know, they're, it's more than what you think and it's complicated. So you need to spend some time, I think, checking it out. What matters most is being a hundred percent sure I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with, but there's just no way that you can really do that. Is there? So let me end with this. These people that are narcissists, they are cadavers who wear layers of costumes to co cover what lies within them. They are suicides that somehow kept on breathing. Whatever their, it, their trauma was as a child between ages four and seven, it, it destroyed them and they're done. You know, the only way to realize what they are and to be able to move on and let them go is just to accept that you cannot bring back the dead. And if we linger too long with them, then we're going to be dead too. And there's lots of ways to die, guys. So be well, be strong, keep moving. Don't look back there. Don't look behind you. It's ugly and it's painful and, and you, there's nothing you can do about it. Just keep walking, keep moving, accept it. And we're going to get past this. We're going to heal. We're going to get to the other side. It might take a little while, but you got to just keep going, guys. We are troopers. Keep marching. Love to all. Bye. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.